glad we're here. We're on the air. Um, you know, Good it's stuff. the first show back from fall break. So got to get the kinks out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Thank you to those that texted me. Um, all right, we'll get it started then with the shout outs as we do every week. Uh, wouldn't be a show without some kings, right? Um, so thank you for listening to Connor, Jordy, Megan, Jules, Shannon, Joe, Rebecca, Rick, Dan, Brian, Jack, Not Sherwood, Madeline, Cap City, Mike Rayo, Uncle Ken, Aunt Diane, Marie, Joe, Johnny, Mom, Dad, Bears, Sherwoods, Woods, Moyes, everyone and anyone. Thank you so much for listening. Also, a special thank you to Joe and Christina DeJosa for having me, Connor, and Megan out there in California this week, as well as a thank you to the Coppersmiths for hosting us at a barbecue on Friday. I got a shout out. I was going to shout them out. Oh, I, I beat have you to. to it. Yeah, I had no, to make sure. Fine. No, it was it, perfect. So did I miss anyone then? Uh, shout out packs. Shout out packs. Yeah, if they're there. If they're, if they're there. Yeah. I like it. Uh, Instagram round underscore tripper 23. We are live right now. If you want to see what Conrad has to speak <laughs> through since his regular microphone is not working. And the other one is just broken. So Conrad's getting an arm workout yeah. <laughs> through this show. The podcast get is up in a live. Bit. Yeah, you might you can walk around <laughs> like that. The podcast is live every Tuesday morning on iTunes and Spotify. Just search around Tripper two words. Any thoughts before I get into the monologue? No. Full see my head. Nope. Then let's get it. Finally. <laughs> uh there's no singular path to an overriding goal. We all use different processes and experience unique bends and twists on the way to achieving what we set out to do. The paths taken by the Houston Astros and the Washington Nationals could not have been more different, yet both franchises find themselves in this year's fall classic. The Washington Nationals had been the butt of the joke for the better part of the last decade. 97 win season after 97 win season ended in elimination during the first round of the playoffs, usually in hilarious fashion. Bryce Harper left them this past offseason in pursuit of a championship, definitely not the $330 million that he was offered by the Phillies, and they found themselves sitting 19-31 and 31 in May after a Carlos Gomez walk-off home run from the Mets. God, I remember that game. Remember Carlos Gomez as a Met? Yeah, that didn't end well. Um, well, the Nats only lost 38 more games over the final four months of the season on their way to 93 wins and a wildcard berth. They then outdueled fellow habitual playoff underperformers in the L.A. Dodgers in five games, for their first playoff series win since moving to D.C. After dispatching the Cardinals in four games, the Nats have won 16 of their last 19 games, including the regular season. The Astros did not face such a struggle. Over the past three years, Houston has been the premier powerhouse in the sport, claiming a World Series title in 2017 and an ALCS appearance last year. They took the opposite approach of the Nationals and rode their way to 107 wins, most in baseball this season. Houston's battle-tested and went all-in on July 31st when they acquired Zach Grinke from the Diamondbacks. They finished third in baseball in runs scored, and second in runs allowed. They are led by two of the best pitchers in the sport, with Garrett Cole eyeing a $200 million payday in a few months, as well as Justin Verlander. Their lineup features Jose Altuve, George Springer, Michael Brantley, Carlos Correa, and more. They're chasing history as one of the greatest teams ever assembled, should they bring home the title. This is one of the best World Series matchups in recent memory. It is the unstoppable force from the second half of the season against the immovable object of a possible dynasty on their perch. Two different paths ended in the same place with one goal for both teams left to battle it out. The World Series starts tomorrow night. And so we will get into our baseball. Wow. I go back to the sheet and I just see <laughs> fantasy football scandal. Oh, yeah. that was on there for like the last five minutes. Was it yeah, really? It's been on there. It's been on there. Yes, I well, I, the one portion of the show that I write out is on a separate <laughs> sheet. And so I did not see that part. 
We can touch on the fantasy football scandal at a different time. Conrad's going to stand up now. Um, all right, so the Nationals dominated the Cardinals on their way to a 4-0 sweep. Anything we really want to touch on in that series? No, I think that they're just hot. I think that Dan and I were talking about it last night. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the, I think it was, what, 2004 Colorado Rockies where they won, like, the October. 07. Won, 07, pardon me. Thank you. Um yeah, 07, when they won, like, what, 22? 07, 08, around there. Oh, yeah. I think it was 08, actually. I, what, what year? It was the year Boston won second, because they beat Cardinals. 2007, then. Oh, yeah, it was 2007. Because, and they won, what, like, 22 out of 24 mm-hmm. during the postseason, and then I don't think they dropped a game to the World Series, and they got swept. Yep. Like, this is what this team Jonathan reminds Papa me of. Yeah, the Yeah, and then the, his dog ended up eating the ball. Did you ever hear that <laughs> yeah, story? I did, I did hear that, that story. was funny. But that's... This, that's a great comparison. Yeah, well, that's literally what it, And it's kind of... Baseball's kind of like hockey in the sense of, in hockey, if you get a hot goaltender, it's watch on the postseason. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in baseball, it's either if you get a great pitching staff or if you can get, you know, hot bats, it's, you know, good luck to the rest of the, you know, good luck to the rest of the field, as is if your pitchers start to struggle and, you know, if your bats start to go cold, you know, then it's going to be a struggle. So I think that the national, I think it'll be in a very exciting series. Yeah, I, I do too. I, I think that Nationals-Rockies comparison, I, I think you can definitely see it there. And like you said, the Nats are just hot. They won 16 of 19. That pitching staff led by the front three and Scherzer, Corbin, and Strasburg has been plenty. The bullpen has held strong uh, this off, or this uh, postseason, especially with Doolittle at the back end. And then that offense is really dangerous, which is why this series shapes up to be a lot of fun because it's two of the best offenses in the league. Uh, that Nationals lineup is deep, especially if Ryan Zimmerman is hitting. Um, which, you know, he hadn't been, this is t- towards the end of his career. He came up with some big hits in that Cardinal series. So it'll be a fun series to watch. Anything you want to touch on in that series, Conrad? I was just going off of uh, the Nationals pitching, just, just really hot, and they're kind of riding that. They had two guys go seven innings, no hit baseball in that series. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Cardinals, well, they were also kind of hot for that second half where nobody really thought they'd be able to take the division with a couple other collapses along the way. But they were they were also going into this series pretty hot. But the Nationals, they're just their pitching just dominated everything. I think you got to watch out for that, and it'll be interesting to see because the Astros also have um, a fantastic uh, three starting pitchers. So mm-hmm. we'll see where that goes. And then on the other side, the Astros are back in the World Series after a Game Six. When you having fun up there? This thing's a lot heavier than you think. Yeah, it gets gets the blood. Flowing, I've got some right? good photos too to post. <laughs> okay, good. So that's on the Instagram. <laughs> So make sure you're following round underscore trooper 23 to see uh, this. What is going on right now? Yeah. So did you know you're going to have a practice after practice? No. They, <laughs> the worst part is I can't even really move it. So it's just in yeah, it's kind of just position. stuck there. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we'll try to fix this during the break. <laughs> um, the Astros back in the World Series after a game six win over the Yankees. Um, just a little nugget there. Um, the Mets went to more World Series over the last decade than the New York Yankees. Yeah, they um it's a one to zero over yeah. the last ten years. Not so, I'm not, very I, impressive. But I, yes, like <laughs> credit to the better franchise. Credit <laughs> that's to, right. Credit to the city that owns New York. Credit that the owns city. the city and the state, <laughs> yep. and actually the I would say the tri-state area as well. Yep. More than Jersey, and I don't know what the third state is. I just like say tri-state. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't care about Connecticut here. I'm sorry. Okay, Connecticut. That's <laughs> what Connecticut is a baseball team, but that's true. Um. No, they, they, they strung me around. They strung me. Game six was just... When LeMahieu hit the home run? First, it starts just... You know, let me just walk you through Saturday for me. I'd love to. I'm sitting there. Weren't we're, you at a football game? Yeah, we're going to the USC yeah. football game. No internet access. 
like or Wi-Fi or cellular. So I'm sitting there looking at Madeline's phone. I think six, they went six games. I think all six games, they gave up a run in the first inning. I'm like, don't do this. Don't do this. Three run home run. <laughs> Yuri Gurriel. String me around. String me around. We get runners on. Ducks on the pond. Double play. Mm-hmm. Eighth inning. Sanchez. Double play. I handed Matt on the phone and I said, I'm done. Don't let me take a look at it again. <laughs> we're walking back. Go with you looked at it again. We're, walk, we're walking back. I look down. Gardner on first base. Top of the nine. Oh, oh we're coming back, boys. Or not Gardner. It was uh, Geo. It was Geo because then Gardner struck out. Full count. Yabo. We're tied. I'm ready to go. I'm there. I'm all in. We're going to the World Series. <laughs> this is a couple big still steps down, there. Down three games yeah. to two. Just tied and the game, still tied. World Series. And we'd have to face Cole in game mm-hmm. seven. But you know what? That's just right where my mind jumps to. I understand. <laughs> and then, yeah. And, yeah. and then there was just the... Yeah, yeah, Jose Altuve uh, situation. It's tough. I actually missed that home. I missed both walk off home runs. The first walk off home run I missed Correa. because I actually fell asleep before Correa. My TV, well, something happens with my TV where just FS1 just goes out for a couple minutes, and I turn it back on. And he's and he and he's rounding third base. I'm like, oh, well, I'm glad I didn't see that. Same <laughs> thing. We're in the car driving back from the game. There's six of us in the car. We're talking. I look down. He's at third base. Still have yet to see the home run. Mm-hmm. Don't want to see the home Don't run. Don't want to see the home run at that point. Yeah, that's I can show tough. you. Yeah. No. You sure? What I will say, though, it was a really good series in six games. You had the, I mean, the, the Yankees jumping out to that one nothing lead <laughs> early in game one. And then Houston kind of battling back up just the huge clutch hits down the stretch. Is this Yankee season a failure? Yes. Yeah. Oh, no. I said, I said that halfway through game six. I said, this is a failure. This is a choke. It's everything was set up to win Aaron the World Judge Series. Said it was a failure. Yeah, no, it's. I think that I'll never forget when we were in fifth grade. This is like just it stuck in my mind. It was ESPN. It was Royals when the Royals were terrible against the Yankees, and the Royals were saying they were like, if we win over nine, like eighty games or whatever, for fifty fifty, you know, that's a successful season. And I turned to my mom and I was like, I feel like go if you're saying that in May that fifty, if we go eighty two and eighty two, that that's a success. No, every I think every. There's going to be 29 failed teams in the MLB. There's going to mm-hmm. be one that wins it. I think that are there good seasons? Yes. You take a look at, you know, the Nationals. So they don't win. Yep. Is it a failure? Like, in hindsight, yes, you didn't win World Series, but it was a good But year, also but, no, because there's a lot of building blocks exactly. for them. But it's like when you have a team set up like that, you had a great, you had great bats and they just kind of went cold. Yeah, it's a failure. It was a choke. It was everything. Game two, they choked away. Game three, they couldn't get hits. Game four, um... What happened? Game, yeah, game four again. They couldn't get hits. Five obviously they won, and six was. Yeah, it was. It comes down to the bats. Yeah, I I agree, and I I would also frame this season as a failure with just how stacked they were coming into it, and then just in my mind, it was egregious then, and still egregious now. There's no defense for not adding a starting pitcher at the no. trade deadline, and Cashman <laughs> is a fantastic general manager. That biggest weakness on this team was starting pitching and he I understand that a lot of this Yankee team has been built through the farm system and it's great to see that though their big one Glaber Torres was a trade with the Cubs in yeah. a trade that both teams would make a hundred times over. yes yeah um but he had to give someone up there to be able to especially like Clint Frazier is expendable I don't to know the why they kept at this yeah, point they, well, why they didn't look to package him for any type of upgrade I don't understand yeah. I think also to when they announced that it was going to be a bullpen game, yep, game six, I thought Sevy is one day like 
one day of rest game six to se- like if you pitch a seven, that's one extra day. Mm-hmm. Put him out there. Severino said he wanted to pitch game six as well. I think though is like yeah, and that's why he should go out there. And it's like I was trying to formulate a text to put it, and I still don't know how to correctly word it. But like if you have someone like that and you're waiting for game seven, there's no guarantee of a game seven. So use him to get to there. Mm-hmm. Like I was always when I was younger in the mindset of saving for game seven when you get there, but there's no guarantees. And that's why you Sevy six, whatever happens. And then you, because you need to get to seven and then at seven, everything's open. And sure. it's like, who knows? Garrett Cole could have nerves or, you know, whoever goes in there could pitch lights out. And that's why I feel like using Sevy, it's like he ended up, it's like the, you know, in college basketball, they use it or lose it timeouts mm-hmm. and you can't take three timeouts in the NFL in the halftime. So, you know, I mean, like you Sevy because he's going to be well rested. The, like he'll be well rested for his next start in the beginning of the year. Come March, <laughs> hey, well, but he was like because he got those and he got those six extra or four extra days. But it's like use him, hey, and I I think that's completely fair. Did you have anything you wanted to touch on for that uh, series? Just in the, in the games that the Yankees lost, they gave up six, eight, uh, four. That goes to the pitching. I did. Yeah. So that about, goes the the last yeah. two games they gave up six and eight runs. Like mm-hmm. you just you just can't be doing that in a playoff series. Yep. Yeah. Um. So I think yeah. The fact that they didn't add, add an arm at that at that deadline, especially when the Astros, who already had two mm-hmm. absolute studs at the start of the rotation, and they were able to get Grinky, and the Yankees either didn't try hard enough or just, I guess, maybe possibly weren't interested, which doesn't make sense. And yeah. you're the Yankees where you spend, like, you're the Yankees. You should be the guys getting that, not the team that already has two studs. Yeah, and when you have nobody, really. Also, too, is obviously the pitching, if you take a look at it, timely hitting. I said, I think the same thing goes back to the Dodgers series when they lost the Nationals. Game five, they had a couple guys on base. They had Bellinger on. I think it was bottom five. No mm-hmm. men, no outs. He's on second. Productive outs. Get him over to third. And third and then home. They didn't do that. Obviously, they lost. Same sure. thing with the Yankees. You take a look. They had numerous times where they could not get clutch hits and they could not have productive outs of moving guys over with less than, you know, with no outs guy in second, move him to third. Or a productive out, he's, you know, guy on third with less than two outs, fly ball, ground ball, the right side. They just, it was not, it was just not a great overall, like it was, it was timely hits. I, I think that's fair. And I think the Yankees will actually be one of the more intriguing teams to watch this winter. What Cashman yeah. goes out and does, does he splash the cash on Garrett Cole yeah, and just go cool. all yeah. in and throw those $200 million? It'll be interesting to see. All right. So into the World Series then, game one, <coughs> Tuesday night, Garrett Cole against Max Scherzer. It really doesn't get much better than that for a, a World Series matchup here. Um, for each side, give me a key player to watch on the Nationals and the Astros. Um, I'll say to watch for, like, in terms of bad, Verlander, watch his second mm-hmm. start. Look at both series. His second start has not been as crisp as his first. That's just, that's that came out to me. Obviously, we talked about that in Bradley's class the first mm-hmm. day when he we asked did. for the ball against Tampa. Same thing, game five. Four runs first inning wasn't great, but, um, yeah, that's, and it'll be interesting to see Verlander if this goes extended. And obviously, if you got to say Soto, can he continue mm. to ride? You know, is the moment going to be too big for this kid who's not? I don't know. He's not even 21 yet. Correct? Uh, or is he just 21? I believe. Uh, I think or, he might not be 21 yeah, yet. I think like, he's still 20. Yeah. And that's the thing about the well, it's about the Nationals. They're very, they've tested. Is mm-hmm. world or wild card game. Big hits. AL, or I know it's DS. Big hits. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah. That's fair. Do you want me to hop in? No, I got it. Okay. Um, I think one for the Nationals uh, would be Sanchez to see if they can get that besides just Strasburg and Scherzer at the front of the rotation. 
um, seeing what Sanchez is able to do because in that Cardinal series when he took the ball, I believe it was game one. Game one, yep. He did, he did a fantastic job. And if they're able to get that third guy going or continue to keep him going, I mm-hmm. think that gives him a really good chance. Fourth guy because Corbin's okay. killing yeah. everyone too. But no, your point is 100% right. He was huge for them yeah. against mm-hmm. Cardinals. Because they need, they need that extra, th- those arms, especially in the starting rotation because their bullpen isn't, isn't the best. And the Astros are just an all-around juggernaut right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be... I think that's really big if their pitching is able to stay the same. No, fan for the Astros? For the Astros? Give me a minute. No, you're fine. Do you want me to go? Uh, yes. Okay, don't worry about <laughs> it. I'm going to catch you off. Uh, so what I'm looking for for the Nationals, it's Trey Turner. It's turn. Can they manufacture <coughs> runs against this dominant you know, front part of the rotation for the Astros? And Turner's the guy that does that. We all know how fast he is. He's got a little bit of pop. Uh, if Turner can cause some chaos on the bases, I think that'll go a long way here with the Nationals. And then looking at Houston, I'm actually going to go with Jordan Alvarez, who had the incredible second half of the season, the rookie, the designated hitter. And I'm saying that because he's a lefty, because you most of Houston's lineup is right-handed. So throwing in Alvarez as that wrinkle, left-handed power bat, um, I'm not even sure he's going to play in the nat- once they go to D.C., because he has been a D.H. for most of it. But he's a guy that can then come off the bench and change the game in the late innings in the National League parks, and the American League will be in there as the D.H. I think Alvarez, big power threat. See, hasn't done too much so far this postseason. See if he breaks out here. All right, I'm gonna keep on a similar theme. I'm gonna go with Grinky because he's he's started three games, but only one quality start. In he two doesn't losses. like New York, man. Um, does not like New York. So that that's, I don't like him either. <laughs> that's true. So that's tough. Like he's gonna have to step it up in the World Series, and if it has been nerves, it's not like it gets easier when you start pitching in the World Series. So it'll be interesting to see because he's supposed to be. Um, an absolute stud, and that's why they traded for him is to be that third guy mm-hmm. to really shut a team down. And because he's got the stuff to be able to do what Verlander, Cole, Strasburg, Caesar, Art, Scherzer are doing. So it'll be interesting to see if he steps up. Because I think if both teams have like have three quality starters and they're going seven like no hit shutout kind of kind of stuff, I think that makes the series really interesting. Um, and an absolute like a great thing to watch. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's fair. All right, final part of the segment then. What's our prediction? Do you want to go? I'm thinking. All right. Uh, I believe at the beginning of this, I picked the Astros. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm going to stick with that. I'll do the Astros in six games. They're all going to be like <laughs> one, two, nothing. Games. <laughs> I, I, can, I think Astros in six, too. Astros and six. I am going to go, man, I'd love to be different, but I'm going to go with the Astros and seven. I think this thing does wow. go the distance. I, the Nationals are just on There's some kind of tear right now. That offense is really good, but I just look at that Houston team, and I said it in the monologue. If they win this, they're going down as one of the better teams ever assembled. So I think that that's just, there's too much propelling them, and I do think that they get it done. Yeah. All right. Who is, uh, quickly, Pat, um, yeah. how good is Nationals bullpen? Not great. So it's going to be, so if the stars get out, it'll be, it'll You're be not going to see really bullpen games out of the Nationals. Okay. They are going to stick with that. They're going to rely on that front three. And that's why Conrad's yeah. um, point about Annabelle Sanchez Annabelle, is yeah. so important. The bullpen's been better mm-hmm. in the postseason, but it's still, that is their weak spot. That's what Houston's going to want to get to. So if both teams get to the bullpen, Houston, early, advantage eight? Houston. Okay. Okay. Well, that's fair. Yep. Okay. Thank you. Because it's something to look at. <laughs> All right. All right, we will send it to a quick break, allow Conrad's arm to rest for a couple minutes, and, yes. uh, and we'll be back to get into some NFL. This is Round Tripper 89.1, and we'll be right back. Oh, I got the cough on. Oh, you did? You were so close to surviving it. 
All right, welcome back to Round Tripper, and thank you to James from home listening. Appreciate it. Um, Connor had still having issues with the mic, uh, unfortunately. What's up? <laughs> unfortunately, what holds his mic up is completely um, disconnected. Oh, here we go. So, <laughs> that's not that bad, right? Lowered the chair. Could be worse. Yeah, lo- <laughs> lower the chair. So he's a little low. Right now? Uh, oh, Conrad just completely cut Sherwood out go. of the Instagram live. Center oh, we're attention. back. We're back. We're back. Perfect. All right. Well, we're going to get into some NFL talk. Uh, <coughs> I saw Birdman in the library. Shout out Birdman. Oh, that's good. How are we doing, Bird? Everybody's in? All right. Perfect. I like yeah. that location. That's good. That one's better. Yeah, perfect. We still can't see Pat, which is great. Hey, you don't want to. You can so. see Pat. A little bit. You can see my white shirt. I got my day service shirt on. Yeah. Um. All right. We're going to start with a question. We usually go straight into the games. We're going to start with a question. We'll talk, we can talk about the game from the answer that stems from it. Who is the most disappointing team seven weeks into the season? Cleveland. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, they didn't play this week, so I can't talk about them. But Well, I heard, yeah, I Conrad wouldn't say who it was, but. Oh. <laughs> I already I done changed Cleveland week one, so. You did. Yeah, yeah I have a team I want to say, but. I, I have a team I want to say. I have a team I want to say. I'm not saying the team from Chicago, so don't worry. Okay, good, because that's what I'm saying. Yeah, go for it. So yeah. why why are they disappointing? Because the offense was supposed to take another step, and Mr. Trubisky has looked even worse than he did last year, which nobody really thought he was going to be able to do because he relied so much on his legs last year. And this year they thought with the second year in Matt Nagy's offense, he's supposed to be this offensive guru, that that offense would be able to take a next step. Um, they, draft, they moved up to draft a running back mm-hmm. in David Montgomery that they thought was going to be fit the offense better, and that's why they traded away um, Jordan Howard. But Montgomery had he's he's looked good, but not not fantastic. He hasn't done nearly close to what everybody thought he was going to be. Um, and then Mitch, Mitch just looks so bad. Like he he took a step backwards, like I said. And Matt Nagy's play calling has also been atrocious. Again, they didn't learn from that that Packers game. They ran the ball, I believe it was seven times against the Saints. Which yes, you are down, but when you have Mitch and he's not not the best passer, which is not good for the quarterback, <laughs> um, you, you just fair. you just can't you can't have him throw the ball fifty four times. It's just not a recipe to win, no matter how good your quarterback is, unless he's unless he's Aaron Rodgers, really, or or a guy up there like Drew Brees. It's just not going to happen. So they should have been a more balanced offense, but it's that the whole offense is just look terrible in the defense. It's starting to show that it's a defense that when it's on the field for the entire game, the entire game like they're gonna, people are gonna put up points on them. So it's just, it's hard to watch. And the Bears just, the Bears suck. They're probably not even gonna make the playoffs. <laughs> Very aggressive take there, um, but fair, especially with the Packers manhandling the division right now, mm-hmm. which is, yeah, I'm gonna stop. Yeah, Green, Green Bay looked really good. So the team that I'm actually going to throw out there is the Philadelphia Eagles sitting there at 3-4. and four. I think coming into the season, the Eagles might have had the best roster in the NFC. Just yeah. you look at that team talent-wise, they are loaded. They had Carson Wentz coming back fully healthy. They added Jordan Howard at running back. The offensive line's been good. Receiver's good. Fletcher Cox leading that defensive side of the ball. Like They're a stacked team, and they're sitting there at 3-4. and four. Um, they lost to the Atlanta Falcons. They suck. <laughs> They're bad. Uh, they lost to the Lions and then blown out now in back-to-back weeks by the Vikings and Cowboys. 
Vikings are not very good. Viking Vikings are all right. All right, the Vikings are decent, but but thirty eight points allowed from the the Vikings don't have a great offense. Yeah, thirty eight points Cousins. allowed, then thirty seven points allowed from uh, the Cowboys. Looking at that, that defense has been horrific from the Eagles. Actually, uh, you've had. 27 points allowed, 24 points allowed, 27 points around, 27 points allowed, 6 points allowed against Luke Falk leading the Jets, so we're not going to count that game. Uh, 38 points, 37 points. So the defense has been horrific. The offense hasn't been up to par. And now they got to go to Buffalo to play a really good defense on Sunday. Crowd's going to be rocking. Uh, I know someone that'll be there. Yeah. You, you excited? Can't wait. <laughs> it'll, Can't be, it'll, it'll be wait. fun. But yeah, I just... They're still in it because the NFC East, no one has really separated themselves. Of course, that is a big statement win by Dallas last night, just blowing the doors off of Philadelphia. But this is this roster is way too good to be sitting at three and four. So for me, definitely the most disappointing team so far. All right, moving into the games then. Uh, Baltimore Ravens took down the Seahawks in Seattle. 30 to 16, both teams now sitting at five and two. Are the Ravens real contenders here? Because we've kind of gone back and forth a little bit. Where like, wow, they look impressive. Uh, is that the real Ravens? That's a big win. That's a big win up there. Like, obviously, anytime you beat Seattle's a big win. But going up to the twelfth man and beating them, but it's it's an it's an interesting team because Seattle still has a good defense. Mm-hmm. Lamar only threw for one hundred forty three, but he ran for one hundred sixteen. So it's like it's it it'll be very interesting to see. Over the next, because they play New England in a couple, I, is it next week or in two, or after their bye week, I think, after New England's bye week. They play, they play New England might November 3rd, okay, so November, two weeks. Yeah, so two weeks. That'll be a very... Sunday night game. Yeah, that'll be a very big game to see how good are the Ravens, you know, how good can they, how good is their defense, how mm-hmm. good is Lamar. Losses because, to the Chiefs and the Browns. Yeah, the, yeah, the Chiefs, yeah. And the I think the Chiefs game, they were, they were down by a couple of scores, but they mm-hmm. end up making it a little closer with the scoreline, but... It'll be, um, excuse me, very interesting to see what happens over the next couple weeks. Exciting thing, especially too when you get in that. Lamar's kind of like that Cam Newton, where if it's fourth and one, he can take it and run, or you know, he can run the option, Mm -hmm. where it's very tough to defend. Yeah, absolutely. And it wasn't a great throwing game from Jackson, who went nine for twenty, so under fifty percent, only one hundred forty-three yards, no touchdowns, no picks, but then added one hundred sixteen yards on the ground. Just shows how dangerous he is as a dual threat, even though he struggled through the air on that good Seahawks defense. Connor, what do you think? Uh, I I think I still struggled. I don't know if they are legit or not mm-hmm. right now because just that um, Lamar kind of reverted back to his what, what he was doing last year and kind of why he was called a running back at the quarterback position because he threw the ball twenty times but ran the ball fourteen. Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of like balance on a team, but you don't want the balance to be your quarterback running it 14 times. No, I understand. That's that's the way. don't want him taking that many hits. That's the reason Cam Newton's Cam Newton's been out so much is, and yeah. doesn't like cannot really throw the ball anymore. So you don't really want that to happen. And while it is a good asset, you kind of want to use it as like the dressing on something or the icing on the top of the cake, not the full. He's a quarterback, so he should be able to throw the ball. So. I think this team kind of goes how Lamar Jackson goes and he's able to do what he did the first few weeks of the season and really light it up with his arm instead of his legs. I think they're able to go further, but they do have towards the back end of their schedule. They do have some easier teams to play and that division isn't looking great with the Steelers Mm -hmm. um, and the Bengals kind of being, being trash and the Browns being an absolute 
huge disappointment. I think they have a they have a good chance to still make the playoffs and win that division, but uh, I don't know how legitimate of a contender for a Super Bowl they are right now. I think that's fair. I like Baltimore. I think they're a good team and should be up there for contention in the AFC, just looking around with it. Obviously, Kansas City is very talented. New England's up there. I would pencil Baltimore in as three right now. Do you feel? Uh, no, I'm not putting Buffalo up there yet. I just fair. I no, don't. Fair, tr- fair. I need to no, see more fair. from Josh Allen. No, it's, I, no, I, I love that Bills no, defense. I, no, I understand. I understand. But no, I want to see more. I do think Baltimore is dangerous. Adding Marcus Peters is hit or miss. Peters I had a pick six yesterday. When he's on, he's on. Now, yeah. when you run at him, he refuses to tackle, so that can be a little bit of an issue. But he is a very—he's a playmaker at cornerback, so that'll give the Ravens at least a chance for some more big plays. I think that Jackson gives them obviously a, a big threat. He's got a big arm, so he can throw the deep ball. Hollywood Brown's been is still mm-hmm. working on uh, working off an injury, so when he comes back, uh, the explosiveness will be there. I think Mark Ingram's a very good back, and the defense does enough. Yeah. Um, so I think Baltimore's a good team. I think they're one of the contenders. They are still the tier below the top teams, but definitely one to look at. Moving on to the next game, Green Bay Packers took down the Oakland Raiders 42-24. to And man, did Aaron Rodgers look back. I'm looking straight at you. I'm not going to look up right now. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't either after that performance. 25-31, 429 yards, five touchdowns to the air, a sixth on the ground, a perfect passer rating of 158.3. And all looked happy inside that Packer locker room after the game. Matt LaFleur even gave him a hug. Uh-oh. Our relationship's still bad. <laughs> Six and one Green Bay Packers. Don't worry, they can still lose. Ten, nine more games. Don't worry, it's possible. We can hope. Very so, fun game this weekend with Casey. Oh, yes. Very fun. That is going to take, take <laughs> the over? I don't know if Mahomes injured. That's true. Oh, well, yeah, he's, he's going to be done. He's, be done. Out. he's, out. he's, he's out. out. He's out. He's yeah. out for their same three weeks, weeks minimum. Yeah. Which is still insane. That's only three weeks. Yeah. There it goes. They've got a good Let's go. Green Bay is very, very good. If you want to take one of the more surprising teams on a on a good passion, I think that Green Bay has been one of them. Where I thought Green Bay was going to be good, I didn't think they were going to be six and one good. I thought they were. And I didn't. <laughs> I did, yes. I thought they were going to be like. Tom, I thought. I thought they were like. Not a biased take in the slightest. <laughs> I thought just when, whenever you have Rodgers, it's you know. Peyton Manning, Drew mm-hmm. Brees. I thought it was over the Quarterbacks hill. like that. I think that whenever, whatever team they're on, they're going to be good. I think you, you, it's, I think Big Cat tweeted out last year. It's like, I can't count out the Packers. Yep. Of being out of the division until like the season's over and the wild card game started until they don't show. <laughs> until up. I don't see them play yeah. on wild card like, weekend. L- literally, like, or, you know, even if they till division, Casey got the bye, but like, I think that you cannot count out a handful of quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rodgers, have- I don't want to say struggled the season, but it wasn't the same Rodgers that we've seen. This was vintage yeah. Aaron Rodgers as well. A special shout out to Marquez Valdez Scantling for <laughs> having <laughs> the big week. Two catches, That's 133 yards, and a touchdown. That's Brian's favorite receiver. <laughs> Sitting on his bench in fantasy. But yeah, so the Packers, again, we've talked about the defense. Defense looked really good. Very good. Aaron Rodgers brought it back this weekend, and Green Bay is going to be very, very scary. Uh, Just a quick one to touch on. The Rams bounce back. 37-10 win over the Falcons. Dan Quinn still has a job? Question mark? That's one and six. Yeah, he's... Talk about... We didn't even mention him for disappointing team, because they're so far now. There's, There's so much talent on that roster. It's, Which is ridiculous that yeah. they're 
won one game. That defense is horrific, and that's probably the most damning thing for Quinn is that Isn't he was he the defensive def- head coach, defensive coordinator yeah. from the yeah. great Seattle. Pete Carroll defenses. Yeah. yeah, coming over here and just everything has completely fallen yeah. like off the rails. I think Matt Schaub's start. <laughs> he might. Oh, that's interesting. Matt Schaub Matt Ryan was the MVP candidate. Yeah, well, they the were MVP cat. He won the MVP. He won the MVP. Yeah. MVP years ago. They were like twenty-two minutes, or they were like a couple minutes away from winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, okay, that's all. Need, that's all we need to talk about. Yeah, that's all we need to put. Like, but also, yeah, it's a it's, very similar and, offensive roster. And why I, I'm actually very surprised Quinn didn't get fired this morning because Devonte Freeman got ejected for fighting yesterday. Yeah. That's just a sign that you the team has the lost team. everything. Yeah. yeah. So I'm really surprised Quinn still has a job at this point. Do they just ride out the season with him? Maybe to get a top draft pick, but like, you know what I mean? Like, why? But the Bengals and the Dolphins are so- and the Redskins. That, is true. The Redskins. that, that front then, three is, yeah. is, is locked up. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's well, they're, they're not, not that far behind. They're they're not, they only have one no, win. So. One yeah, well, they're not gonna. They're not making any playoff pushes. No. So like, nope. So it'll be interesting uh, if they want to get rid of Quinn midseason and maybe try out a coordinator. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Are they waiting if, for uh, once they're by? They're by. I feel is, like that's if they're going to go midseason. I think they're going to. That's interesting. By is usually the next time week. to make that. Yeah. It is next so week. They have one more game. Seattle, which could be a bloodbath. That, so yeah, that could be an ugly one leading into the end for Quinn. Yeah. So we've kind of checked in on it a couple times, but yeah, Dan Quinn's still in the job. But we never talk about another man's job. We never Obviously. talk about another man's job. Would Lincoln Riley go to the Falcons? That's interesting. Offensive talent there. This is in a dome. Does does his offense work though? There. I mean, it's working for Jalen Hurts. Which we'll get to in a little bit. Yeah, it worked for Baker Mayfield. It worked for Kyler Murray. But like they have it's interesting. Like it, it, it worked. It would be an would, interesting fit. I would. I would love to see him with pair up with a Baker or Kyler mm-hmm. or Jalen. Like, I'm not sure Matt NFL. Ryan would be his type of quarterback. No. I agree. But that's why. But then again, if you have a top pick like the Falcons might yeah. have, you might see a Cliff Kingsbury situation. Yeah, you could get, to, or you could even. You look at Teddy Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. I saw today that supposedly the He's Dolphins, been fantastic. yeah, the the Dolphins tried to give him a huge contract, and he said and he no. turned it down. Yeah, and yep. I saw that today. But like, you know, what if they do some trade? You know, what if they what, like BC? How long is? I think it's two years. What if they package so. like a first round draft pick for Teddy Bridgewater because he has that type of offense, which we That'd did not, which we kind of skipped over. That they did look very good. Yeah. No, huh. the, the Saints really. Yeah, I, I tried to spare Connor out of that yeah. this week. You can go. No, no, it's all right. <laughs> no, we'll it. just yeah. touch on it very quick, but. The Bears put up their two touchdowns at the end in garbage time too. So the Saints the really kick. did dominate. The, <laughs> the Saints really did dominate that game. But just I, I think the thing just to touch on is that Teddy Bridgewater has been fantastic, as you said. Saints defense has been better than expected. Yes. Eli Apple went down with the knee injury. Hopefully it's okay. I didn't see anything on it today because he has played so well on the opposite side of Marshawn Lattimore, and Michael Thomas is just an absolute stud. However, they did this without Kamara. They put up thirty six yeah. points in Chicago. So. And without Breeze, so and no taste of very, very <laughs> <laughs> little taste of it. A very, very impressive performance uh, from New Orleans in that one. All right, so we'll That's... get some quick hits. Just a quick, quick, quick thoughts on uh, on these last games. So the Colts are for real. Yeah. I mean, we've touched on this in previous weeks. They let off one of the monologues, a 30-23 win over the Texans. Jacoby Brissett four touchdowns. Watch out for Indianapolis. Is it a system quarterback there? Is that has that been talked about? Possibly that has not been talked about. Like I just that that just popped in my head. I mean, Frank Reich's a, obviously having a very nice start very, to his head coaching. Yeah, career. and Fra- Frank Reich is an awesome. He was obviously quarterback for the Bills, quarterback coach for the Eagles for the Eagles when they won the Super Bowl, and then when here had luck last year, <laughs> luck played spectacularly yeah. for them, and then now you got Brissett well, coming in and playing really well. Brissett was 
not very good. I will mince words. Not very good at mm-hmm. NC State when he was, and then he got drafted what fifth round. Yep. Not very good with New England. May, you know, maybe showed it took, a couple flashes, but nothing special. Yeah, may, maybe it not took him some good. time to get going, but like you take a look at them as like the quiet assassin right now. Mm-hmm. That's no what they are. No one's talking about Indianapolis. They Indianapolis, they've got the best offensive line in the sport. Oh yeah, they, had, they hadn't allowed a sack since September twenty first. They've going got into great running game. back. They've got a couple good wide receivers. They've who's their tight end still? Jack Doyle. Doyle. Very good. Their defense. They've who's that guy in the uh, Leonard? Darius Leonard? Just their linebacker. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's like ridiculous. it's a very and they they as when I went through with that monologue, they are built fantastically. Yeah, their infrastructure there has been so good, and you're you're seeing the fruits of it right now. Yeah, I think that could be that's definitely and they're they're young, a dark horse and they're very young, mm-hmm. not very young, but they're on the younger side where this could be a next couple of years like type of thing, not just like you know let's run the table this year and you know everything fell into shape. Like I feel like this could be a couple they they're set to succeed for the next couple of years. Yeah, I, I I could definitely see that. Quick hits here then. Minnesota Vikings, a 42-30 win over the Detroit Lions. Kirk Cousins, four touchdowns. Is Kirk Cousins mm-hmm. officially back? No, he was playing Detroit <laughs> in a non-primetime game. <laughs> He's not back. Dalvin Cook with two touchdowns as well, 140 yards as he continues to be a beast. Vikings, though, up to five and two now. They look good. Yeah. So Stephon Diggs, since requesting the trade, has gone off as well. Uh, Adam Thielen went out with a hamstring injury, one catch for a touchdown, and then went down. Didn't see the severity of it today. I guess they're probably running tests on it today, so they should have stuff out. And a short week for him, too, mm-hmm. Thursday. So, mm-hmm. but yep. Redskins, so, so what? It, it's a dub. Yeah, yeah again, yeah, ne- pretty much. next week, or not next week, but um, November 3rd has a couple of very good games. Vikings at Kansas City, which is going to be very good, which we'll kind of see, you know, if Mahomes won't be healthy, never mind. I take, but like, just there's going to be a lot of offensive talent mm-hmm. on what we touched on the New England Baltimore game. Absolutely. Bills win again. Yeah. Not pretty. No, we'll just say one. They won. They won. Um, I've won. Had one heck of a way to cover for yeah. a certain person. Um, I know, crazy. That, that we know when the when the Dolphins lined up for an onside kick and um, the Bills recovered it and returned the onside kick for a touchdown. Yeah. my The wheels on the plane were up when I watched that kick. Mm. It mm. was, yeah. But yeah. I, as long as I can remember before I would travel, go see a Bills game, they'd lose the week before they won. I'm happy. They didn't lose. They, they somehow got CBS rhythm is a B plus. Again, it's they're the ultimate team that's going to play up and down in their talent. And yep. they'll, definitely we'll find out a lot this week against the Eagles. Definitely looking forward to that game. Another really good game from this weekend. Daniel Jones against Kyler over on Sunday. So top two quarterbacks taken. It was an ugly game for both, yeah. both sides. It was through the pouring rain in East Rutherford. Uh, Jones fumbled a couple times. Kyler showed off a cannon, but only threw for a little over 100 yards. So you didn't get that much offense. And then Pat Shermer monumentally just disastrous coaching in the fourth quarter with some of the play calling decisions. I'm not sure Shermer is the guy moving forward. I know The Athletic came out with an article about that today, um, that just some of the play calling and the game planning is just clearly not up to par. And it'll be an interesting decision for where the Giants want to move forward through. Now, I don't think Shermer is a terrible coach by any means, but hasn't exactly won where he's been in with his stint in Cleveland and now here as a head coach. So this was a winnable game too. That's that's but, what at yeah. home with Saquon back and Evan Ingram back. But was I, he a fully healthy Saquon? No, you could tell that he wasn't, he wasn't fully there. Yeah. But you just expected more out of the giants in this game, especially just being at home uh, coming off a long week to playing the Thursday night. Yeah. So had extra time to prepare for the Cardinals. Just 
that's the, this game was a red flag. Well, I think it was the first time he looked like a rookie, Daniel Jones. I think yeah. that against Tampa, the first half, he held on a couple, like he held on long, but then he was a winner because he mm-hmm. went, drove down the comeback, obviously. Sure. And then obviously, you don't crush him for New England. No, no one wins in New England, especially no. as a and he, had, he hung in there. He had yeah. that nice dime night, Golden Tate, and like, yeah, but that's why you see, he's definitely he's very far ahead for a rookie, especially being thrusted in. There's day one stars like Kyler, where here's the keys to the offense, mm-hmm. and Daniel kind of. Had to win, it kind of had it handed to him, but he's still, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, he's still a rookie and he's yeah. doing pretty well. An interesting game coming up at Detroit. A good defense, not a great defense on the road. Be interesting to watch how he does yeah. on Sunday. And then just the final point, I know we already touched on the Bills game. The Dolphins may never win a game. Possibly. I think yeah. Fitzmagic, yeah, they might not be. They, they, that, that was the Fitzmagic game. Yeah, that was the Fitzmagic And the Magic game. just ran out halfway yeah, they, through. They legitimately well, they played the, be. well, I was going to say they played the Jets, but the Jets are looking better. Jets, I've, talked my, back. Yeah. I've talked myself in that they're going to win this game. That the Jets are going to be the Patriots? Yeah, tonight? I fully talked myself in. I think the Jets are going to cover tonight. I fully talked myself in that they're going to win tonight. It's they've got Darnold all of a sudden. I'm like, Le'Veon Bell's. I've talked myself mm. in the last 12 hours that Le'Veon Bell's the best running back. And the NFL until they play against the Bills, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll kick off in about 20 minutes. Fun. Yeah, so it'll be a fun game. That'll be interesting to watch. Yeah, best back. of luck to uh, Dan and Saad. That's man. all we need to say. Yep. Good, good luck, boys. <laughs> and Brian, for, <laughs> other, <laughs> for other reasons. All right, we're, we're going to go to a quick break and get into some college football and NBA. This is Round Tripper on 891, and we'll be right back. Back here on Round Tripper to delve into some college football and National Basketball Association, because that's back tomorrow. Conrad's excited. He's dancing on camera right now. Is really dancing on camera right now. Yep. All right, so starting with some college football, we are going to start with the big game of the weekend where Wisconsin lost to Lovey Smith's Illinois 24-23, number six ranks Wisconsin. And just the one thing I put under that is so, so, so typical for Wisconsin. Yeah. It's the most Wisconsin thing to do. Yeah. yeah. That's, shout out Lovey Smith. We love he got it done there. Smith with the nice full beard. He's about to, I don't know how he still has a job, honestly. Uh, oh, no, he's still alive. <laughs> oh, whoa. We, we just went dark. Turn. I thought we he was just old. went dark. I mean, I thought he was a lot older than he was. I thought he was like. <laughs> it's the beard. That yeah, beard it is the beard. Take it's a great beard. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But let's, let's he's an ageless research. wonder. He is an ageless wonder. So, yeah, for, for Wisconsin, this is a very, very Ooh. rough one. He's older than I thought he was. How old is he? He's 61. Oh, that's so young. I that's thought he was not in that his bad. I, I thought say, he was in his 50s. I thought he was say, pushing they coach, 70s. They coach, I would say they coach for another like 13, 14 years. Yeah, at that point. Easily. He's going to be around for a while. Um, so for Wisconsin, they outgained Illinois by over 100 yards, 420 to 315. The really rough stat is that they outpossessed them over two times more. They had Wisconsin on the ball for almost 41 minutes, and they lost. Uh, three turnovers for Wisconsin, the killer there. What's really interesting for Wisconsin is that this was just such a letdown game because they play at Ohio State on Saturday. Now, listen, I think they were going to get annihilated on Saturday once they yeah. faced Ohio State, especially going to Ohio State. But they just, this is a team that had given up 29 points all season. They've shut out four of their opponents. Yeah. And then they'll lose to Illinois at home. No, no, oh, no. So it was on the road. But still, to lose to Illinois, it's still U of I. Especially <laughs> when, like I said, when you have the ball for forty minutes to yeah. lose that game, that's absolutely unacceptable for Wisconsin. And now their season is now on the line against Ohio State because they can't have two losses. No. So no. that it's a noon kickoff, which is actually really interesting yeah, for such noon. a premier game. Yeah, big noon exactly. Fox loves it. 
So I can't. I personally can't wait for that game because Wisconsin is going to come out desperate, yeah. and Ohio State is going to come out hungry, looking to embarrass them. So Wisconsin moved down to thirteen after that loss. I think it makes sense. I think also two is definitely a game where go in there, get up, you know, twenty four halftime and rest the starters for that game. And you would have thought in this one, right? Yeah. Uh, like Taylor had twenty eight carries. Like mm-hmm. that's obviously yeah. he's a workhorse and he does get a lot of carries. But honestly, once he's going to break, like when is he going to run out of steam? He's he's a, uh he reached five thousand yards before his senior year. He's one of a very exclusive class to do like? so. I don't remember what the number is, but like very exclusive yeah. to get five thousand yards before even becoming a senior. And as I said, Wisconsin now playing Ohio State. Connor, do you know what Ohio State did this past week? No, I don't believe. I believe they have an off week. They didn't. Play they on, basically did. They didn't, they didn't play on Saturday. <laughs> no, they really played on Friday. Saturday. They played on Sunday. They they played on Friday, and um, they beat Northwestern at Northwestern fifty-two to three. See, the schedule makers just took out the biggest advantage that Northwestern has. Playing that noon game. Yeah, you need that. 11 o'clock. Instead it was a Friday night game. Knee high grass. <laughs> knee high grass. <laughs> yeah, just don't cut the grass. 11, 11 o'clock start in Evanston. Yeah, instead it was really, Friday nighter. It really took, yeah, the Northwestern know. kids ain't going to football games Friday nights. No. At the kickoff, Ohio State had a 96.4 chance of winning. But at least though, it was close to the first quarter. You guys had it down to four points. Everything was rolling. And then yeah. I'm listen, I'm serious when I say Ohio State's a national title contender this year, so watch out. Going into a huge game for them this year. You know weekend. what really showed it to me is the Northwestern one. That's yeah. right. Yeah. You when shut, you go shut in there down. and yeah. you just the Northwestern team's a juggernaut. <laughs> well, no, but we're forgetting about that Rutgers game. Don't forget, oh, yeah. don't forget Rutgers. <laughs> but that, it'll, obviously, Minnesota destroyed them this week. <laughs> it'll be fun to see Wisconsin at Rutgers and the Penn State game. And obviously, like the that, Penn State game is the especially big game for like, Ohio State. And but having it at home, it's like that's huge. Yeah. Not having to go to no, Happy Valley, to to, as we saw on Saturday, which is a beautiful transition yeah. into our next game where Penn State handled Michigan 28 21. Um, as Sherwood was saying, at Death Valley, they did a whiteout game for the big game. Fun. I like that. Penn State's athletic. They're quick. Their defense is good. Listen, they're so they're number six. I'm not sure how good Penn State is, but they are talented. At least they are towards the upper echelon. Um, now, see, like Florida's ranked ninth. I would take the Gators over them personally, but I do think that this Penn State team is very good and will give Ohio State a run for their money. Yeah, Penn's. <laughs> Penn State did beat Iowa in like that rock fight 17 mm-hmm. 12 a couple weeks ago, or like it has to be last two weeks ago. Yeah, I just, yeah, they're, I think they're, I feel like they're a typical Big Ten SEC, like top 15 ranked team where they're good if the ball bounces their way a couple of times, like, you know, the correct way they could go, you know, they could win, games could go their way, or, you know, they could end up splitting, you know, some of the big games. So it, it will be interesting to see when they play Ohio State. Yeah, listen, they've had it's they've had 17-10 against Pitt, 17-12 against Iowa, 28-21. So they've had some close games and yeah. as you said, the balls just kind of bounce their way. Yeah, and then when they play uh, when they go November 9th at at Minnesota, who's that, very yeah, good. And that's that, not an easy game. That'll be the biggest game in Minnesota University in the U's history since in probably the last 15 years. That like would, especially if they just keep on this track if, Minnesota. Yeah, that which was is one yeah. more week. But. That and that honestly that could be game day where if Penn State. That would be game day worthy. If they're both coming in undefeated, oh, yeah. it'll there. be top yeah. because if Minnesota wins the next two weeks, they'll move up from 17 to what, probably 12, you know, 14 to 12, somewhere around there, or maybe even 10. But that's, yeah, it'll be, that'll be a very fun atmosphere and kind of see, you know, how good is this Penn State team. Uh, game day is not going to be there. 
Where? Oh, it's at our game. Yeah. It's oh. at our game. I was just checking. I'm like, oh, I was it's thinking, at our I said, game. is that in two weeks or is it November 9th? No, oh, I it's forgot. November it's 9th is game. LSU Bama. So yeah, I have it's a feeling our game. they may just be there for that game. Yeah. Wow. Look at that week. That's going to be a fun yeah, week. How, how I, did you forget? That's the weekend we're going out. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> hopefully that game is like this Minnesota game is like a 3.30 game because mm-hmm. obviously the Bama game is going to yep. be it's eight what eight o'clock start so like mm-hmm. probably if they if they to, if because it'll be CBS eight o'clock for SEC and I hope ABC ESPN doesn't put this game at like seven thirty eight because having having two good games like that simultaneously is not a lot of fun like it's tough. it's it's more fun when you have it to leave yeah and especially yeah. To, it'll be it'll be very I'm very excited I hope Minnesota's undefeated just to see how that pace not whole state because it's split with Wisconsin but to see how that you know stadium is in the atmosphere. Yeah. It always is fun when teams like that absolutely, absolutely. run the table. All right, so we're at 804, so we're going to move along a little bit. But we've got Sherwood shout out. Shout out Wake Forest, who won again. Uh, they're top 25 now, first time they beat Florida State in seven years. Yeah, undefeated by week, so they can't lose this week. You picked them? No, I, oh, I, I was I, so scared. I looked at it. Yeah. They, um, but yeah, no, Wake, Wake looking really good. They had, did, yeah, they, they were on uh, Most. Sage Surratt. Oh, we're that into yeah. it. Oh, cool. Just Moss, Florida State. No big deal. Just no Moss. big deal. <laughs> All right, into the NBA segment. Haven't had to say that in a little while. NBA is back on Tuesday night, kicking it off with the Pelicans, which is not as mm. interesting as we thought it was going to be because Zion no. Williamson is out six to eight weeks. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's still a good team, though. I was. Oh, we're, yeah. I think it's still pretty. Yeah, good. we were looking at the roster yesterday. When we played Hart, I don't know if it is open the season good. Yeah, but it's like it's. It's pretty decent. I think that I think they'll be a very fun team to watch. Yeah, especially, especially when Zion, Zion comes back. Even without, well, they they've got, got a bunch of national TV games this yeah. year, so we will we will see. Especially them from stealing like half of the Lakers roster. <laughs> that's that's also true. All right, so who's your team to watch? And that could be for a multitude of reasons. Doesn't have to be you know the top team or anything because we'll get to who we think the favorite is. But who is your team to watch this season? I'm going with Conrad's. Um, both. Whoa, I think that they're. I think they can take a step this year. Are you a Kobe White believer? I'm not either. I don't like his hair. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember turning tuning in last year when they were playing like who was like Iowa or whoever or no they played in the Vegas tournament against Texas mm-hmm. and they lost to Texas and I was like this guy's hair like I love it. That, oh, his hair is insane. It's actually yeah. really fun to watch and he is so yeah. quick. He is very that it'll good. be at least watching White will be really be interesting. Fun. I'm I don't fully buy him and I'm not sure he's going to translate, but it's going to be a lot of fun watching him try. We'll put it that. And if he yeah. does hit though. Then the Bulls could have a star. Oh, the, yeah, they can yes. do, and yeah. they have marketing, and that's why I think that they, I think with the eight, you know, with eight Carter, teams making the playoffs, year, yeah, I think that it, I don't see why not they can't squeeze in Zach at Levine. the sneak in at the six, seven, Still eight seed. Like. Who? Zach Levine. Ah, he's not. You mean, he's getting paid. You mean the uh, Mr. Dunks? Mr. Dunks. Zachy Dunks. Yeah. <laughs> Who's your team to watch? Um, I mean, this is like obviously a team to watch, the Lakers. So I, I just like it. and I, I I hate it. I think a lot of people will be watching, but it's them. mostly because yeah. I want to see it burn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's why yeah. I want to watch it because while while Kuzma is a very good player and he's their number three, it drops. I, off. I don't know. It mm-hmm. really drops off after that, and I'm curious to see how much LeBron and Anthony Davis play together, um, and how that works. Because especially since neither of them want to play center, which is <laughs> kind of strange. Um, well, Dwight I mean, Howard. I understand Howard. because nobody they do really have wants Dwight to Howard. Go. Yeah, don't forget Dwight but Howard. They, uh, Dwight Howard, which who knows how that's going to go. He looked really thin. He did. Um, Very thin. What else? Yeah, it's just, it'll be interesting to see how the how the makeup of that roster works because I remember all summer I was kind of questioning it because they held out so long 
for Kawhi, mm-hmm. and that just didn't work. No. But I'm interested to see what will happen because that first year of super teams is always just it could either go really south. Yeah, the Heat one wasn't great their first year. And, or it could go go fantastic, and especially with Kuzma already out to miss at least the first game. And then, yeah, just, just to see where it goes from there and how – their their whole coaching dynamic too is very interesting, and I want to see how they're they're able to work that part out. Having and will Danny, Jason Kidd be the uh, head coach <laughs> by All Star break? Yeah, probably. Having Danny Green, I think that's fair. That was a huge signing. Huge. If they don't yeah. have him, I oh so no, much lower yeah, off. yeah, yep, that's, I agree. yeah. No, Green was a fantastic pickup by them, and they're very lucky. Green waited for the Kawhi situation to sort itself out, yeah, um, because he definitely had suitors early and could have signed. And then a team that I'm going to throw out there that I just think will be entertaining to watch: the Atlanta Hawks. I look at that roster, oh, yeah. and there's some talent there. Uh, obviously, Trey Young, who was much better than I thought he was going to be. They've got Evan Turner. Cam Reddish is one of their top picks from this year. Their top pick, DeAndre Hunter, who I am a huge fan of DeAndre Hunter. Yeah. I think he was fantastic at Virginia, and I think he's going to turn into a really good player as basically your prototypical 3 and D type guy. That also has a lot of athleticism. I've got Chandler Parsons, an established forward. Jabari Parker can score, will not play any defense whatsoever, but can score a little bit. Yeah. Bruno Fernando was really impressive yeah. out of Maryland. He was a top, one of the top picks of the second round. And you've got John Collins, who's a star there at power forward. So there's some there's some definite talent here. And if things go right, I think this team can slip into the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure the East isn't 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 deep at all. No, don't forget no. Vince Carter. I was going to say Vince Carter. <laughs> yeah, don't Vince forget Vince Carter still playing. I, which is amazing. That's definitely more spectacular than Tom Brady. <laughs> That's right. Take, take that, Tom. Basketball's hard to play when you're old. Those knees, man. That's kind of, I don't, it can, can still dunk, too. It's crazy. It's crazy. Put him in the dunk contest. Anything, anything. I would actually love that. That would right? actually that'd be last re- year. That would that'd be, be really cool. I feel, yes. I, I feel like the NBA might or like, you know, do something like that, which would be a lot of fun. Sure. Uh, do you want to touch on anything with Zion or just say the six to eight weeks? Yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see. Starting the career off with a knee injury when a lot of people said that the one thing that would concern them is injuries to Zion. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It's definitely a little concerning. But knee, knee injuries is, have never held anyone back. In the ever, NBA. ever, is right? This ever. Ne- never happened. Is this the, according to Bleacher Report? Is this the same knee that blew out when he or that he oh. hurt when oh, he blew out his question. shoe? I don't know. I do not know. Wow, that's just. Uh oh. Yeah, that's. Is Nike mine. breaking Zion? Yeah, that's. Is that, is that a narrative is we want to start? I'm. <laughs> I'm very. Interested that nor that neither ESPN nor Bleacher Report has come with an article like that where it's like when Zion blew out his knee or mm, shoot, shoot do that yeah. is that re, are, are we seeing the repercussions now six months eight months later? It's mm. possible. That's interesting. Who is the favorite this year? Because obviously we've all known every single year for the past couple of years it has been Golden State Warriors. It is presumably not this year. So who is the even if you don't think they there is a presumptive favorite? Who do you lean towards? I think the teams in LA. Both of them? Yeah. I just, yeah. I mean, I'm going to narrow that down. I think it's the Clippers. I just think Kawhi and how Paul George will fit together and how they're both very two very strong two-way players without the egos. And I yeah. think both of them together will be able to lead that team, not with vocal leadership. I think somebody else on the team is going to have to come up with that. But when you see superstars play as hard as the two of them do, um, all assuming Paul George's uh, shoulder Healthy. surgery... Yeah. went well and he's able to get that that stroke back he had beginning of last year um but if we get second half of last year Paul George this completely changes because if he's not able to shoot a three that really changes a lot of things but having your two stars be so defensive minded 
I think will really help them. And that Clippers team was so good last year without mm-hmm. any stars. And they yeah. kept most of most of those guys, especially their bench. And they have a much stronger bench that the Lakers do. I think that'll be really interesting to see how they match up with the Lakers. I don't know. I guess we kind of see that tomorrow night with not kinda. really because there's yeah, a lot yeah. of injuries already. But I, I think it's the Clippers. Um, and I just Doc Rivers, I think, is a better coach than the coaches and, I do um, too. for the Lakers. I, I would first like to say that I love Utah's roster. And I love their roster construction, and I think they are going to be one of the top seeds in the West. But if you have to pick a favorite, I also would say the Clippers. Just It's tough to go against Kawhi Leonard, especially after what we saw he just did in Toronto, adding Paul George. And the key, or one of the keys for me, is that they've got Patrick Beverly. And (laughs) you want to talk about defense, that's someone that's going to come in and absolutely hound whoever he's going up against. I actually really like the draft pick of Terrence Mann as well. Super athletic out of Florida State. If you remember the Villanova Florida State game um, from from last season, he was their best player and he was really, really good. Landry Schmidt, obviously a decent player. Lou Williams gives them scoring. Yeah. This Clippers team for me is the favorite. I think in the East it'll be interesting to watch that kind of group of Milwaukee, Boston, and Philadelphia, and to sort of see how that top three works itself out uh, in the West. You got the two LA teams, Denver and Utah. I would say are probably your top tier, um, but I will say the Clippers as number one. It'll be a fun season. I it, I think this regular season will this be the so best different this year that it's going while. to be quite refreshing. Mm-hmm. It will be also be interesting to see those top teams while they, I think they kind of assume they're going to be at the top. How mm-hmm. they manage because in years past, the all the stars have been able to sit so much. Yeah, because you know because you everything's knew. locked in about a month into the season. Sure. Yeah. No, it'll be interesting to see if if that resting still happens mm-hmm. because a lot of things are going to be up in the air, like for mm-hmm. probably the entire season. That's that's fair. And why we say things are refreshing is because of what's happened in Golden State, which leads into the question: Is the Golden State era over? <laughs> um, possibly, possibly. Like era of rain, yes, but the, like the dominant, the dominance, yes, yes, but being good. Once I get back, will they play. win another championship? I think it's very possible. Yeah, I think it's very possible. Yeah, yeah, I, I can totally. see you're squeezing. I, I still don't believe it's going to be this year because Clay Thompson. I, I agree. He'll come back at some point this year, most likely. But it's just you have to adjust with so much things of that has changed without even Thompson not being there. But then mm-hmm. having him come back will be interesting. Um, but I also. D'Angelo, it'll be interesting what happens with D'Angelo Russell. If they do end up trading him for trading him and getting something, like next year they could be, they could be wild with Thompson for a year. Even if they keep Russell, like that would be very interesting. Yeah, and so I agree. I think obviously fantastic. Exactly where I was going. I think the dominance is over, though them as a good team certainly is not. I still I've seen a lot of people say that they're not sure they're going to make the playoffs this year. I think Golden State is firmly going to be in that four, five, six range. And then you are not going to want to play them come playoff time because Clay Thompson will be back. Will he be fully healthy? Probably going to take a little bit longer. It's going to take the offseason to be fully healthy, but he will be playing. I look at this and I say, all right, so they're adding D'Angelo Russell. I think that they are basically using him as an asset, that they're going to use him for a year and then deal him next summer. And if they bring back the return you were saying, this team can reload it very quickly. Mm. I look at it as well. They traded for a certain guy that I think we all know about, Amari Spellman. I think Spellman with Steve Kerr could be an intriguing thing to watch. You know they like to stretch the floor. He's a three-point shooter. Spellman didn't really get off to the start he wanted in Atlanta where he showed some flashes, but clearly the coaching staff never really loved him. Yeah. 
kind of a fresh start at an Eric Pascal, which would be cool to watch. I'm not sure how much Pascal's going to play, but that'll be fun for a Villanova aspect. We'll play more. Spellman. 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 Okay. Since they traded for him. Yeah. I definitely think that you're going to see a decent amount of Spellman this year. I think Golden State's going to be very, still be a good team, a team you definitely do not want to see come playoff time. And then a year from now, this could even look like a more different Golden State team. And mm-hmm. we'll see what they're able to bring back. Look at that. And then one final question. The Brooklyn Nets got all the hype over the summer with the free agent additions of Kyrie Irving, DeAndre Jordan, which is hilarious, and Kevin Durant. <laughs> what are our expectations for them in year one, being that Durant is not stepping on the floor? I think similar to what it was last year. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. Be D'Angelo Russell was fantastic for yeah. them this past yes. season. Yeah. Um, I interested to see how that impacts it and how Kyrie kind of what Kyrie will be able to do when it's kind of his team mm-hmm. for this year because Durant's not able to play. But I think they'll be in the same thing of probably a six through eight seed. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe make some noise in the playoffs, but probably not because they'll be playing the likes of Milwaukee, Boston, Philly, Indy, or Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they'll still be able to make the playoffs and just kind of. Hold down the ship until next year when Durant sure. gets back. Mm-hmm. I could see them as high as a four if things really click. Because uh, I look at it and they do have some talent on that roster. Yes. Uh, and Kyrie has, listen, we'll see how it works once it's in practice. But he has talked about trying to be a different person and a different player in Brooklyn. Now Give that two months. Exactly. I was, was going to say. The same thing in Boston. We'll see how that actually works out. But I do think that it's an environment in which you could, I think you'll see Irving play pretty well. He's got some shooters around him, especially in Joe Harris, who's won the three point contest and is a really good shooter. Uh, Chris Levert is in there. Um, you've got Dinwiddie, like there, Jared Allen. Like, yeah. There's some, there's some talent there in Brooklyn. This is not their year. Next year is when you look a lot more towards them, but I do think they're a playoff team. All goes well. I think it's a four. Otherwise, I think you'll probably see them in that five to six range. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. All right, we'll move into around the Nova Nation then here as we look to wrap things up with a couple minutes left in the show. Um, me and Sherwood were out in California last week. A lot of fun. Oodles of fun. We had a oodles, oodles of fun. It was a great time. Um, so again, thank you to the, the Joses and the Coppersmiths um, for hosting. Um, so we went, the Villanova played USC out there at the Gallon Center. What is, basketball season now two weeks away, what is our takeaway from that scrimmage that we were at? Um, I think, I think better than going into it, even though they lost. Mm-hmm. But it was I didn't put much into the result. No, I think it was it was more of Jay played the kids. Yeah, he played the kids and it was, you know, getting away of, you know, beating up on each other for so much. And I think just Jeremiah Robinson Earl was the biggest takeaway. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> I, I thought in the first half I turned to Madeline and I said, I think he's doing too much. I feel like he's kinda in that high school mindset of I can over take over this game. Mm-hmm. Second half took over the game. It was so impressive from Robinson Earl. 20 points, nine boards. The way he ran the floor as well. He was back on defense. He was running the transition on offense. I think there's a pretty good chance he starts against the Army on November 5th. I saw after the game, I um, saw Whitey, and I was asked him about the game, and he said the same thing. He said, Mm -hmm. watch for 24. He said 24 is going to be our guy. I I think so, too. I thought I was impressed by Justin Moore as well. I thought he did a nice job handling the ball. He's more of a combo guard than a point guard but yeah. kind of thrown into that role with Gillespie out. I feel like he's a perfect gritty guard for us. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I think he's raw and he's going to definitely take some time to go, but he's got a quick release, which was really interesting to see around the three point line. He seemed like a pretty decent dribbler. He'll be fun to watch. The one player that worried me a little bit was Cole Swider. Yeah. Who looked a little slow on the perimeter. Got, got beat by his man a couple of times and also shot one for eight. I want to say from yeah. three. 
I think Swider plays a bigger role in this season. Actually, I have an article coming out uh, on VU Hoops about him, which should be out either tonight or tomorrow. So if you want to check out more on Cole Swider, go look at that. Um, but just kind of a little discouraging start for him. Otherwise, I did anyone else really stand out? I mean, Bay at point guard Bay, for point we, forward I is like interesting. That. I like that big lineup. We talked about that at halftime. Mm-hmm. Uh, question about Slater. What are your thoughts on Slater? <laughs> um, I actually had this conversation with Connor. Um, Slater is very raw, which still worries me now being a sophomore yeah. freshman. Is he a redshirt freshman? It. Didn't they get him No, redshirt. he did not. Oh, he didn't? So okay. he's a sophomore. Ooh. Yeah. He is a sophomore. And around the rim, he's going to be uh, an asset. Defensively, he's an asset. He's got long yeah. arms. He's very quick. He's very athletic. Dribbling and shooting, he just doesn't have at an elite level yet. And I'm not sure you're going to see it that way. He definitely still looks very raw. Now, if Jay is able to harness him, they are going to have a weapon. Fair. Yeah, I just I think there's just so many people in front of him. That's the thing. If yes. he comes in there and there was Especially once Antoine returns. Yeah, if there was not a log gem there, I think he would be by middle of the year great. I, or not great, but like he would be a very he would be a player. Now it's kind of goes in there and it's like I think he'll come out there to spell a couple guys, you know, to like for a breather. But yeah, but I think outside of that, it looked very good. I think obviously we did not have Gillespie, mm-hmm. which comes into it. We didn't have Antoine. Obviously, we won't have him back. We might not have him the whole year. Which, I, I think Antoine will be back in, in late December, December January. Yeah, which will yeah. be very interesting, which will be f- obviously fun, but interesting to thrust him right back in the biggest play. Mm-hmm. But getting Gillespie, I just thought, too, first half when they were close to us, there's a lot of open space they, mm-hmm. around the perimeter. Obviously, like that's where we always... I, I think that, you know, everyone says that is drive. You know, that's part of who we... Not part, that's not really part of who we are is penetration. It's more of, you know, kick out, go through, come around. So, like... You know, there are definitely lanes to penetrate, get sure. in there and kick it out. But like, look at the two USC shot lights out. I think there was seven of eight first half from they three. Were, they it's really shot happen. very well. We shot deep. very poorly. They had that. Number Elijah th- Weaver played really, yeah. really well for USC. They, and they, they looked better than what they've yeah. been over the past couple of years. They I mean, again, good. it's a scrimmage. How much are you going to put into it? Not much, especially for Nova. It was more about playing the kids, getting them battle tested. But it was a lot of fun. Like credit was, to them. Oh, it, yeah, was, it was great. And also like after going where the head. Uh, the Villanova meetup was incredible, which was a lot of fun. And Villanova meetup, but yeah, so uh, definitely a shout out to the Alumni Association yeah. of San Diego and Orange County who put on that that meetup uh, in the Gastro Pub um, after the game, which they just did such a nice job with the with the bar, with the food. The team came in. Jay Wright gave a yeah. talk. They were also nice. Um, just a fantastic event. Yeah, there was again enough- shows the power of the alumni yeah. here of the school. And there was, and it was awesome too because like the last couple of years we haven't gone out west, and mm-hmm. I, and obviously they would see them during the tournament, but we've been fortunate to be good enough where we've been able to play close by. Yep. But also too, like the last thing is like it was honestly like the perfect Villanova event where obviously Jay came in there, or it was Villanova to where he yep. came in there, he spoke, everyone was you know like there engaged. He had the team come in, the team came over. Mm-hmm. You know, said hi to everyone. They, they you know, did. he sent them down. around to everyone. Yeah, which was yep. like honest. You like, you know, you take a look at, you know, top programs of like that's and especially too. They always talk about ESPN. Who's the who's the person you'd want to have a beer with after yeah. a loss? Yeah, Jay's on number one on win and loss, and you can kind of obviously again it was preseason or mm-hmm. um, EXO, but like, you know, obviously huge credit to the basketball um, the to the basketball team administration for. You know, having them still doing that and doing everything and continuing to show why, you know, just how amazing the, you know, the basketball team is. Absolutely. And also shout out to Nova Nation that came out strong in the Gallon Center. I'm pretty sure we outnumbered the USC fans in there, which is just crazy going from coast to coast. So that was awesome. 
Uh, just a couple of minutes left in the show here. So Villanova came out as 10th in the AP preseason ranking. Feels about right. Yeah, I think so. It feels about right. This Villanova team's not hitting their stride until 2020. No. Put it that way. And I don't mean like, you know, fall of next 2020. I mean, yeah. once January. we get in, yeah, January, Yeah, February. once we get to February, I, yeah, we'll be Once we get good. to February, I'd say that is when you can truly evaluate the team, yeah. which is, you know, not great because obviously that's deep into the season, but it's also something to, I think, really look forward to. Yeah. So it feels about right. Yeah, we've got three good games. Army will be tough first game. Mm-hmm. Ohio State going to Columbus. Tough at Ohio be a State. lot of fun. Ohio State's ranked, I believe, 16 or 18. 16, okay, yeah. I think, I think it'll be very similar to USC. Mm-hmm. And obviously the big game, the Kansas game, December 21st yeah. got ticketed. You did. I did. Won the lottery. That'll be um that's why we have like the, I think I'm I'm very interested to see the army. Army's very good. Mm-hmm. They're old like us. They're talented. Yep. Oh, they that pu- is, Army's they push, not going to be a pushover. They pushed no, no, Duke. No. They pushed that Duke at team Cameron that, Indoor. Yeah, at mm-hmm. Cameron Indoor, the Duke team that uh won the national championship year last year that didn't lose a game. Yeah. <laughs> the best team ever. <laughs> the best team ever, yep. <laughs> but that's why it'll be it'll be good. It'll be obviously like yeah, but that's why it'll be I'm very excited for the year. Absolutely. And Villanova football this weekend. It is homecoming weekend. They take on Stony Brook on the 26th. Uh, Villanova coming off a bye week before that. um, After our show, they played James Madison, which they fought really hard. Actually had the lead in the fourth quarter before JMU pulled away at JMU and won the game. Uh, Villanova only moved down to number seven. So still in very good shape to be able to make it. Absolutely. This is a pretty young team, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Other Other than the quarterback, which is a transfer, and Justin Covington, the running back, who is a senior with us. Um, it is a pretty young team, so it's impressive to watch. And but this is a big game on Saturday. Villanova looking to rebound, especially coming off that bye week. Sony Brooks good, got a, received a couple of votes to get into the top twenty-five. Did not, so definitely serviceable. And just looking for a bounce back game here. Yeah, I think also two weeks it is a big postseason with the bracket. Obviously, yep. yeah, you know, it'd be good to get a win and get one or two home games and not have to play a JMU or North Dakota State or someone early like on. that. Yeah. yeah, early could, on. Could, could not agree more. So, yeah, yeah, it's homecoming weekend coming out. I'll be there. I know It'll that. Be fun. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to watch that game and uh, and go Cats as they look to bounce back. Yeah. That's our show. Perfect yeah, just Yeah, just really spoke really fast here because we're at 26. Uh, any final thoughts, guys? No. no I'm good. That was good. Uh, I'd like to thank Conrad for dealing with the mic. Yeah. No worries. I forgot Conrad was here. Yeah, Connor was just chilling for that uh that, that segment, but it's all I right. Know, I started doing some homework. <laughs> that's okay. Got to get a start because he did a really good job with the NBA section. Um, but yeah, okay, cool. So that's it. So this is round tripper. Uh, we will be back next Monday night where me and Sherwood will, because Conrad's got a job interview in Wisconsin. Yeah. Woo! Go Conrad. So that'll be a really cool experience for him. So we have two possibly a guest co-host. I'll throw that out there. Guy sitting in Arch Four Hundred Four that's never gone on the show that Dude, I know is listening right now. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> uh, but for Jack Sherwood, Conrad Bayer, I'm Pat Zang. This is Round Tripper on 89.1. Go Cats. Go Bills. Go Cats. Go Jets. Jet up. Jet up. New England just scored.